Welcome one and all to the American Towing and Recovery Institute podcast. This is your podcast and this podcast is for you. To promote safety, education, positive public relations, networking within the professional and business-minded towing and recovery industry. This is your co-host DJ Harrington, better known as the Toad Doctor, and I'm honored to have as the other co-host for today's episode a 30-year towing industry veteran, the founder of American Towing and Recovery Institute, a gentleman that has done over 870 hands-on classes here in the United States and in Canada, and because of our listeners, who knows, Wes Wilburn might even be in Europe soon. Wes, how are you today? DJ, I'm doing really good. We're getting people registered for classes, getting ready to get back out on the road, doing some training, you know how much I love that, so things are good here. Very thankful that we have... Tom Luciano agreed to come back for a second part. If you didn't hear last week's interview, you need to go listen to it first. He gave some great advice and great tips. Tommy, welcome back. How are you doing today? Wes, thanks for having me back on again. I'm doing great. I'm doing great, you know. And God bless you for keeping up the training schools, you know. Um, you remember the years when I used to do 30 or so a year, and, and now I'm lucky if I do 10 a year, but... Just, uh, the good Lord called me in a different direction right now. <laughs> well, you definitely gave a lot over the years with training and uh, have been a, someone I've looked up to and been a mentor, and you definitely helped me along the way, and I, I really appreciate that. Should have mentioned that more in the first podcast. Um, do me a favor, get a, just a brief introduction in case people don't go back and listen. I, I think anybody listening recognizes your name, but for those that don't, just a brief introduction if you would, please. Sure. Hello, people. My name is Tom Luciano, and thank you for tuning in to the program. Um, I work for Miller Industries full-time, but uh, many of you know me from doing training schools over the years, and I still do training schools probably about 10 a year, but unfortunately, there's only so much time uh, in the day. So my full-time job is with Miller Industries, and I am the SME at Miller Industries, which is subject matter expert. It's a term that comes from military terminology, and basically you're a jack of all trades. If there's an issue in the, in the manufacturing of a tow truck that they need solved, you fix that problem. Uh, you also go out and actually do the actual testing on the track of the unit, sometimes at six months to a year's worth of work. And then Actually, if uh, somebody has a question on how to operate the truck um, that's not familiar with the truck, then you would certainly show them how to operate the truck. So it is, I guess, a, a form of training of some degree. And then um, get a chance to brainstorm about new ideas. Here's what you need to solve the problem. So um, it's ironic that most of the militaries around the world, nobody orders the same thing. Yes, it's a tow truck, and you think it's the same, but vast, vast differences between the tow trucks that are made out there. So that's what I do for a living. Um, I still live in upstate New York. I did live in Chattanooga for a while. I worked out of Chattanooga. Um, but uh, the feeling is that Miller, you know, I can live at home. Um, all I can tell you is in the towing industry, you got to have a great wife behind you. You God knows... Uh, I kind of feel sometimes like I'm a missionary um, going out and showing people how a newer piece of equipment works around the world. 
But with that, your wife is back home, and you got to have a good wife behind you. And, and my wife has paid the price probably more than any wife in the towing industry. Thank you for having me on, Wes. Thanks, thanks for being here. And I don't think people realize how much someone like you travels. I travel a little bit, but nothing like someone like you. And definitely appreciate what you do for the industry and um, what you, you know by going out and learning other things and bringing it back too as well. So. Uh, excited to have you back. We talked quite a lot about several different issues, relevant issues last week, and I was thinking about one of them that we're talking about the servicing the, the units and how important that is. And basically, it just boils down to doing it and getting that getting that manual out. You talked about the importance of getting a manual, um, but getting that manual out and following the information that's basically laid out for you in the manual. I mean... If, I, if, I, if I'm at a company and we haven't been doing maintenance like we should, maybe some not even doing maintenance at all. I hope that's not your case. But even if it is your case, the best thing they can do today is, is start, right? And start inspecting, looking for worn things that need to be replaced. But just like anything well, else. Say, you, you had a great idea years ago. And, and I know we had swapped and I had given you some of the older homes manuals, et cetera. But... The bigger thing that happens right now, if if somebody calls us and, and wants a manual for a 2006 V70 Vulcan or a 5130 Century, we don't have them. We, we can't even give you one. So, and you, and you go back in, there was a lot of tow trucks produced from 2006. And if you look in the 90s, the towing industry went through an industrial revolution. Second thing that comes really truly with those manuals are the parts diagrams. And what happened is people say, I'll need such and such a part number. Well, from from 1994, if somebody wants a fork receiver for a five-inch you know, uh, tube on their heavy-duty wrecker, well, back in 94, they were welded. Today, they're cast. So a part number to the wrong person can cause you a lot of heartburn when really there's a lot of parts that have been updated and actually made stronger. But the thing is, the person that has an older manual, and I would strongly suggest you start to collect them because you can make copies of them and then sell them because nobody can get them anywhere. Yeah, what you're talking about is something that I did when I was on the board of directors at the museum. We were trying to raise awareness. It became a labor of love, but through a lot of effort, and I have to give Kim Holcomb a lot of credit there. She did most of the work on this over the years ago and still keeps up with us. We reproduced them and sell them on eBay and whatnot. That all comes from, I was the only body in the, we're at a board meeting where they were talking about keeping the museum in Chattanooga, moving it to Indiana. We're in a hotel room in Indiana. We've gone up there and viewed the site. And I'm explaining to an older group of board of directors that this new thing, eBay, we should be selling on it and, and reproducing the stuff and raising awareness, making a couple of dollars and keeping people interested in the old stuff because people weren't that interested like they are today in the old stuff. And anyway, none of them had ever seen, virtually anybody in the room had even seen eBay. Clarissa Powell was in the room. She knew what it was. Chuck Smith was in the room. He knew what it was. But most of the other folks, a lot of them aren't even with us anymore. Don 
from up there in Wisconsin was one of them. But anyway, long story short, you know how you bring up something in a meeting sometimes, and all of a sudden it's now your project. So as a labor of love, we took it on. And spent 20 years, and I'd love to find somebody else to take it on. I'd hand it over. I'd hand it to the museum tomorrow to do it because with, you know, Parkinson's and everything else, I, I'm not at the pace that I once was. I, I mean, I'm still moving and doing things. I just don't have time for all these extra projects. So. Well, that's uh, that, that's a good advice to the museum because really, truly, they have the ability in that library of reproducing them and selling them and the people that would want to buy them. Yeah, I mean, well, you know yourself if you're into an antique truck. If you're you if you bring your Holmes 850 to an antique truck show, you know there's nothing nicer than see that manual. Also, right, you're right about that. Anyway, thank you for recognizing that. I appreciate that. They need to start if they if they're not if you're doing maintenance keep it up and if you're not doing maintenance you need to start no matter what start today is all you can do right correct so many so many so many things I mean don't think winch oil is the same because if you have a planetary if you got a Ramsey planetary versus a DP planetary you know even the oil that you use in winches changes so you know uh, please ask questions to the right people. That could even bear down to as much as what hydraulic fluid to be running in the system, depending on, and, and that could, can, let me ask it in the form of a question. Can that change depending on where you live? Extreme environment, heat or cold? Well, because we ship worldwide, all units. And let's say we, we're building a body and it's going to Japan. It, it leaves our place and it's dry, but before it leaves our place, we have to run it on a kidney machine. And we have gone across the board from the smallest autoloader wrecker to the biggest wrecker M100 and anything in between. We have not in 10 years used any hydraulic oil. We have totally switched. We do not use any, we will tell you you can use hydraulic oil if you want. However, our strong recommendation is Dextron 3, regular Dextron GM automatic transmission fluid. We run in everything. Because the four point is from, we use it in the desert sands of, you know, Iraq and Afghanistan and everywhere, Sahara Desert in Egypt where it's 140 degrees, down to Canada, okay? Because if you think about your automatic transmission in the car, you start it up, you put it in gear, it's 20 below zero, and it drives. So the four point is minus 40 up to 140 degrees, and that's Fahrenheit. So we tell everybody, we put ATF in them, we recommend you doing that. Now, why not use Rando, which is hydraulic oil, 46 in the summer and, you know, 22 during the winter? Because you're looking at 50, 60 gallons in some of these heavy wreckers. You don't want to be changing it all the time. So what it's done, it's really taken all the warranty problems away from the hydraulic pumps. Because the hydraulic pumps, when it's cold weather... You engage that PTO, it's got to turn that very thick oil, and it kind of makes a whining sound, 
And unfortunately, a lot of the piston pump style systems today, that hydraulic oil never never gets circulated from the tank to the pump. Um, it's just a, a standby pressure. So the ATF uh, is what we do, and I would recommend that. Now, I'm going to tell all the people listening, if you have got a truck that's 20 years old and been on hydraulic oil, do not go and put ATF in it because ATF, if you've had hydraulic in it for a long time, hydraulic oil, you will start to have steel start to seep because ATF has a higher cleansing rate than hydraulic oil. Uh-huh. So that's why we tell people put it in and we have a tremendous amount of people that still want to use hydraulic oil. So if you want to use hydraulic oil, then the best thing you can do is probably use something like Glacier Blue. Um, Glacier Blue is an all-season hydraulic oil. Um, if you're in the cold environment or if you're in the extreme heat. Well, thank you. That's good information, Tom. That's one of the many reasons I love talking to you. I got to ask oh. you to take a quick, quick break, and we'll. I got some some more questions for you right after the break. The American Towing and Recovery Institute is proud to announce they are the new owner of Towing Equipment Direct. This established towing equipment and supplies company is committed to help progressive towing companies stay ahead of the competition by providing the best quality of towing equipment and supplies. This online catalog with a full-service shopping cart is committed to providing the widest variety of affordable towing supplies and equipment made from the latest technology from the most respected brands in the industry. A popular item is the Peerless Galvanized Chain. This chain has been around for decades. We are the first to bring the superior performance chain to the towing industry. The Peerless Proprietary Shield TM process has a zinc mechanical deposit galvanizing coating. With 15,000 pounds working load limit, this Peerless Galvanized Chain is the choice for towers across the country. For this and many more popular items, Go to our website at atri.com and click on the link towingequipmentdirect.com or just go directly to that site. We're working harder to make you smarter. All right. Welcome back. Thanks, everybody, for sticking with us. Great interview with Tom Luciano, uh, Miller Industries. Hey, Tommy, you know, I did a light-duty school for paddocks up there in Indiana uh, with Jacob Jeff Ripley. Uh, quite a quite a group those two aren't they? Yeah, they are. They're great great customers. Boy, Jacob, would love to be in his shoes at his age and his knowledge and what he's what he's involved with. Wouldn't that be? I'd love to trade shoes with him, as I've heard you say many times. Uh, anyway, we were up there doing a school. We we're using some of their Miller carriers, and I really am impressed with the. I don't know if it's new. I don't know that I haven't paid attention to it, but every one of their carrier decks had it, so we focus on it. The, uh, that center hole with the four different banjo eyes, the slash, whatever you call them, the slash with chains in four different directions. I really like that. That was, that was a very well thought out design. So the, the keyhole slots was, was four different directions, and, and it really kind of goes back to paying attention to how you secure cars on carriers because and um, when we were on with DJ a little while ago, he was mentioning a Ford. But a lot of the Ford cars now, you actually secure the front of the car 
going backwards, not forwards. And you uh-huh. secure the back of the car going forwards. So now you have that keyhole slot that can, depending on what vehicle you have, you can pull, you know, you have to be able to use, utilize that in every direction. And that's where it really kind of came up. Well, that's good. Keep it up with the time. I, I just found the recovery was very handy. No, it is. And, and, you know, uh, the other thing you, you have with that, it, it gives you a different option. And it's always amazing how people can think differently on how to use from a keyhole slot to a, any slot you put on a carrier deck because it's by sure, by far carriers, I would say do today in the automotive world, 85, 90% of the, the transporting of cars or towing cars. A lot of these cars are getting harder and harder to tow. I have to tell you, I really like uh, y'all, what is the, the carrier that bends and the winch moves? What is that? The right approach? The right approach and, uh, in the winch moves, uh, we call that the sidewinder. And the, the sidewinder comes in two ways. You can get it so the device that aligns with the car pull point in the front, I say car, it could be a truck, it could be anything, but, uh, it can be moved hydraulically. And then we have, uh, the sidewinder short track which uh, it's a little bit narrower, the track, but you can manually do it with a cam lock. So you actually take the take the, the winch line itself. Uh, the winch is mounted at a 90-degree angle to the bed, and it runs through a shear wheel and comes back through and makes a turn at 90 degrees to align it to the left side of the car, right side of the car. So you get one of the pull-point tools out of the vehicle, or maybe you have the sextile tool place it in and it gives it a straight pull because it's critical that fleet angle as the car comes up on the deck doesn't get out of that two degree window otherwise uh, you get wire rope damage so yeah the sidewinder is a, a great asset you know Wes it's kind of funny uh, it, it it really is one of those things that works so well I'm often amazed uh, I would say carriers as a whole unless that owner is in tune with what they're transporting car wise. It's it's an item we like to we like to think it's innovative and it works on all the newer vehicles. But generally speaking, um not a whole lot of people buy them. You know, California is a huge market because of the vast difference of cars they have out there. But uh amazingly enough, I mean you sell some but you don't sell that many. As I understand it, it's a under it's about a three thousand dollar option or a little bit less than that for the power. Yeah, it's under it's under it's under three thousand dollars. Yeah. I just for the price of a new carrier today, that just seems like an option that would be so easy to click off. I'd be looking for it. Anybody's listening out here that uh, is going to buy one and gets one, let us know. Let us know what you think about it. The um, very interesting. I've recommended them to several people. I've never had anybody do anything but rave about what a good choice it was. Folks listening, we don't mean to make it a commercial, just talking about what we know. So but I, I'll happily endorse that, that sidewinder situation. I say it in every class. I don't know why more people don't go, go with that. It eliminates the problem of wire rope um, not winding correctly on a center-mounted winch. Um, that was really the intention of it because 
again, it's going to wind up all to one side or the other, and it cuts the life down on the wire rope. I will tell you one thing that happens um, that is a definite on the sidewinder, and that is definitely if you get a replacement wire rope, always get a swivel hook. Do not get a wire rope on a carrier without a swivel hook. Absolutely. One of the major manufacturers is virtually has just eliminated that anyway. A straight hook is no longer an on-the-shelf item. It's a special order. And special orders for parts and accessories that can be very challenging coming from these manufacturers nowadays, not only for the time involved, but the extra cost that they're charging nowadays for special order things. So it's virtually eliminated. But that, that's a great point. That is an absolute great point. The, uh, I think we're at the point we got to take a break again, so I'll, I know you'll hang around for me until after the break, but I definitely got a couple more questions I want to ask you about towing recovery, and then I want to also talk about DJ has brought up several times, you and the fishing rods and the wonderful work you do that way, so we want to talk about that as well after the break. With over 40 years of experience in the towing business, Henry's Wrecker Service professionally handles accidents, recovery, roadside assistance, parking management, relocating, and more for every type of vehicle. Their experience includes handling from automobiles to big rig trucks, even bicycles, mopeds, motorcycles, and boats. No job is too small for Henry's. Trusted by transit authorities and law enforcement authorities, Henry's has earned the trust of the Northeast. What can they do to serve you? Visit henrysrecker.com. Stay safe. Remember, Slow down, move over, let's get everyone home safe. That's henrysrecker.com. We're back. want to thank everybody for sticking with us. Got to remember to share, like, tell your friends. We're on all the major podcast places. DJ will talk about that more in a minute. Tommy, you've said to me before that things changed for you back about 15 years ago now, 14 years ago, and how it's changed your life. Things change with your work and how that's changed your life. Can I get you to expand on that for us? You know, Wes, uh, I got to tell you, um, it it was just a conceptual idea to see what military, our military was going through at wartime. And uh, it was just a, you know, seeing a documentary on TV and saying, man, I wish I could get to the right person to, and I'd like to change how they do things. And, uh, you know, since then I always tell people, you know, a wish is a wish. And if you believe in it and, and you push it, you can get to the right people. The world's a small place. And I can tell you, um, it has certainly changed my life a hundred percent. You know, back then, you know, you and I used to do quite a few schools together back in 2004, five, six, you know, and, and, right. and we traveled the U.S. circuit, but, you know, to get out there um, internationally and people that have no conceptual idea who you, I, you or I or any other person that's out in the towing world that's, you know, somewhat exposed um, happen and, and to change so many people's lives. I, I feel like uh, good Lord's put me in a, in, a, in a place that I guess I was supposed to be and they change the towing industry. And it's amazing because you get to some of these places and they know you're American. They know exactly who you are. You know, you're not from their country. 
And initially, they're, they're standoffish, you know, for the first day or so. And within a day or two, all of a sudden, they, they want you to go home and have dinner with them. Um, and and the, I, I mean, places you, you wouldn't even believe, you know. But the good Lord put me there for a reason, and, and I had to change my whole mindset and say, you know, it, it, sometimes it's a lonely world flying across the pond all the time to a, a different place, um, you know, whether it be, you know, Korea or, or wherever, you know. Uh, Minima, you know, which is Burma, you know, you, you're flying to places, and the only thing you've got in common is that tow truck and you and explain that tow truck to and it's amazing people don't understand what a wheel lift is. And simple things by far in America, in towing and recovery, we need to be thankful where we live by all means. And we have the best equipment in the world, bar none. Um, the good Lord's put me across the world and I can honestly say that. And, and I'm not, and I'm not just saying that because I live in America. I mean that because you see so much equipment built, it has no, I guess, no, it, it has a functionality of a boom and a winch. Other than that, it has no usefulness. And that's the one thing to be innovative and, and think of things and say, okay, what happens if we do this? I'll give you just one little example. Uh, on all of our heavy-duty records, we always use you know, a, a Crosby hook with with a spring-loaded latch, which everybody knows is an OSHA requirement. And as you get them out there, those spring-loaded latches get destroyed right away. I mean, within six months of use anywhere, because people just want to take a hook and hook a hook just in anything, in the side of the body, underneath the body, whatever. Well, then all of a sudden they come in and, and get somebody that, knows or writes them up for equipment not having the right the latch is missing you shouldn't be doing overhead lifting so we went and made a decision as a company if you look you can still get the old inexpensive what I say non um, Sherlock hook but every heavy record now you get you get Sherlock hooks now, are they additional you know eight $900 for those hooks. Yeah, they are for two of them. But that latch mechanism, people now say to you, never seen that. How's it work? And then you show them how it works and it gives you a thumbs up. Just a little thing like that. So there could be endless things like that that have changed my life so much. Um, and just thinking of something um, different that makes a difference in somebody else's life worlds away. And then travel time, as I told you, you know, family, family pays the price a lot, uh, a real lot. I, I can tell you, I'm sitting here at my desk at home and I'm, I'm looking at my desk and literally I've got money from all over the world that it's good to hand my grandchildren and say, here's, here's some dollars from wherever, but at the, at the end of the day, um, it's collector's money because you don't ever change it back in for U.S. funds. Kind of different. But it did change my life to where now it's, it's totally different. Uh, for good example, a truck hitch, which everybody probably, I would say, in North America, 
think they're obsolete, and they're not obsolete. We we still sell a thousand of them a year. The old conventional truck hitch. How many of them? Thousand. Okay, that's another thing. I don't know why people don't have. I, I know Kev, Kevin Farthing up in Waco shows pictures all the time of towing uh, steel mill equipment with a tow bar. The uh, it makes sense for some applications. Yeah, lemonade's overhang, you know, and you get away with towing it, you know. Right. And everybody, everybody forgets that made us a smarter tower in one way, but we didn't have to think about a second class lever because it forced you to use that second class lever all the time. You talk about new things and being involved with new things. I believe this was your brainchild, the frame, what's referred to as a Miller frame hook. Yeah. The, um, yeah, I worked on that. Uh, I tried to find a manufacturer for 10 years um, that would manufacture those. And uh, it came full circle, um, honestly. But, you know, you can go to you know, Peerless or Airco or you can name the chain manufacturers out there, Columbus, McKenna, whatever. And, and really nobody was interested because one thing we do have, we don't have gross numbers. I mean, how many of those hooks are you going to order? Well, we'll order 20,000. We're not interested in making them. If you gave us an order for 250,000, we'd be interested. And it's like 250,000, I'll never see in my lifetime. But, you know, um, the need for them was, and of course, you and I have talked about it over the years many, many times, is the only thing we had was a sorting hook that you could actually shank hook something where you'd run it into the throat. And of course, a sorting hook is meant for picking that pipe and probably the biggest thing I found was two parts. Number one, people taking a grab hook and hooking on the frame of a truck, which we've all done. Everybody on the line has done that. We've also taken a grab hook and hooked in the bottom of the fifth wheel plate on the trailer to either lift the trailer or tow a trailer or whatever. And there was no hook made for that. So it was kind of interesting in, in, in doing that. And it's, it's one of the things that people ask all the time, well, why don't you make it stronger? And, and the hooks are a classic example of that because as you, as you start out and you start out with something like a, a, a Domex steel, um, which is 110 yield, 110,000 yield, um, as you made it stronger, a stronger steel, it broke quicker. And, um, you see that in manufacturing that the normal eyes don't see. Sometimes, you know, people always ask, why don't you make the stainless steel bed? You know, you don't have to worry about rust. Well, that'd be fine, but you'd also have no ductility and it would break in a hurry. So you have to kind of have that blend. And uh, I don't know if you saw recently, but now you can buy the hooks um, without any chains on them. And now we saw, we, uh, you know, we're big BA distributor and we as soon as they became available we took a hundred of them and have sold them and got more in stock now so we definitely see I mean a lot of people like just being able to buy it put it on their own chain but we definitely made a lot of custom assemblies for people now that's for towing and for some recovery applications is that correct actually you can use it for any recovery application what you find People don't realize you get, if you, if you want to say winch a truck sideways, okay, for whatever right. reason, you got to pull it away from a culvert pipe. 
what you don't want to do, and I, and I show people on the video too. Um, let's say you you wanted to winch the truck right to the right, to the right side, drag it sideways. What you wouldn't do, you wouldn't hook that to the right frame rail. You would hook that to the left frame rail and bring it, okay, um, you would bring it from the top frame rail down around the 9 or 12 inch side of the frame flange and then out the bottom. And what that does, it centers the hook flat edge on the flat frame. When you pull directly on the frame itself, like the bottom frame rail on the right side, you never get that to seat. And what it does, it actually point loads the hook. But sure, they're meant for, they're, they're, you know, they're rated for the grade 100 chain. And, um, we made sure of that, um, and, and just love to tell people how to properly use them. They weren't meant to pull, take the bottom frame, hook it, and start pulling on it. And you would know that better than anybody is when is chain the strongest? It's the strongest when seven to eight links are touching the object it, it's you, you've attached to. And, and that was the point of it. It's got to run up around the frame and back down again. Yeah, absolutely. It employs a basic chain principle. That's one of the reasons I like it. The part number is kind of funny because Chip Kaufman, you know, Chip was at that time Lori's husband and Chip was in a chain um, designer and, you know, I'd gone to them and said, you know, what do you think about doing this? And Chip said, well, let me think about it. And Chip and I had met two or three times and um, it's kind of funny because uh, Mel was alive at that point. We danced with it for probably a good year and a half, two years before you know, we, we put a, some of them out for prototypes, but um, it was kind of funny because he said, I'm going to always make that, that actual part number is a, a TL part number, a Tom Luciano part number. A TL-160 is what it was, and I don't know if the, the, the people who own it now kept that, but I was kind of kind of kept that as pride, <laughs> you know? Well, you, you should. You should be very proud of that. That's Talk about something we touched a lot of people. Again, when we when they came out, we took a hundred of them and sold them on. Got another batch and selling them. So you know, just our little organization has you know have a lot of people have wanted it, used it, and um, so you know, worldwide, I can't imagine how many. So it's one of the many great things you've done. You told a story years ago about it, uh, interacting with Bill Jackson and the method of the clothesline that you invented being in one of his books and how that touched you and him recognizing you like that touched you. Do you care to touch on that story real quick for me? Sure. Um, you know, Bill and I were uh, always uh, actually friends and obviously bought a lot of things from Bill, you know, air cushions and everything else. And right. um, so we had an unusual situation where – the trailer had rolled over during the middle of the night and uh, it rolled over not on the interstate but off the interstate and it was loaded with rolls of paper when it rolled over uh, the cab caught on fire and, and they really thought the, the fire department and the police department thought the guy had burned up in the cab well he did he had gotten out and he had ran um, in the woods 
and they found him the next morning. But in the meantime, the tractor trailer sat there, and it rolled over on a creek. And this creek got dammed up, but nobody thought of it at the night because it's, it's dark. Well, 6 o'clock in the morning, the police called and said, hey, can you get out here right away? we got a huge issue. And it's like, okay, what's wrong? The interstate, we have to shut it down because the creek had dammed up and flooded the interstate in the, out, in the opposite direction. So we've got this, all these rolls of paper on this side, and we've got to relieve it kind of easily. So uh, it was kind of funny. There was a, a gentleman going by who was a, kind of a, a farmer, but mechanic, knowledgeable guy, older gentleman. And so I'm, I'm standing there at 6 o'clock in the morning looking at it, saying, I wonder how I can get these rolls of paper out of here, you know. So I said, well, I guess what we'll do, um, we'll just drag the rolls of paper up. And just about then, the insurance guy shows up. Said, "No, man, they're all good. They haven't been destroyed yet. Save them." So this gentleman says to me, "What are you looking at?" And I said, "Well, I'm looking at running a line past that, over over the top of it, hang a snatch block on it, go down and pick these rolls of paper up. But the problem is, I'm higher than where the tree is, and they're going to slide." They're going to roll down the wrong direction, opposite me instead of up towards the interstate. And he says to me, he says, you got two winches, use the other winch to grab the snatch block and bring it up. Like a clothesline, he said. <laughs> and and uh, we were standing there on the interstate first thing in the morning. And I said, well, he said, you had the concept, you just needed a little polish to finish it up. I'll never forget him saying that to me. So sure enough, we unloaded it. And, it, it slowly relieved the water, and so we got some great pictures of it. So I don't remember. I called Bill for something, and um, we were talking about it. He said, "Send me pictures of that." I was telling him what I did, and then he put it in. We the professional number two, and there was like six of my different jobs that I had done in that book. But uh, that was the original conception of the clothesline, a trailer with rolls of paper, and. Since then, obviously, you and I have talked about it, and you actually show, you know, when I showed you what it was, you, you show it a lot of times, a lot more than I do, because I just don't do the schools that you do anymore, but, you know, God bless you for keeping it up, because... Oh, it, it's helped a lot of people, and it's a great technique, and, um, you know, you showed it to me when we, probably the second time we'd worked together, a tow show promoter had thrown us together in our early days, and... Um, we kind of had talked about what we were going to do a little bit and I had one vision, you had another and we tried mine, which I had done in the real world and it, it got the job done. But when we tried it out in the field, the way we rigged it, it wasn't smooth at all. And you, you very politely and graciously showed me a different method. We were practicing the day before the big demo and you, and boy, you showed me the method that, like you said, I've used hundreds of times in classes and, made a great lesson of it with the scale and changing the angles that really drives home a great lesson. So it's a, it's a great piece of information that you shared with us, with the whole world. Well, when you do that, you know, it's not something somebody's going to use every day, but when they do it, they yes. do use it. They have an ace in their pocket that they didn't have before. That's right. Absolutely. We're at the point for another break, so we'll take a quick break, and we'll come on back to wrap this thing up, Tommy, okay? Sure. 
Slow down. Slow down and move over. Move over. When you see signs. Lights. Vests. Please, give us some room. Slow down. Slow down and move over. When you need help. It's our job. To help you. To save you. Despite the danger. This danger. This danger is real. Do your part. Please. Slow down. Slow down. And move over. Move over. Welcome back, one and all. This has been a phenomenal. This is, you know, you've been listening to two great legends of the industry, Tom Luciano and Wes Wilburn. But before we leave, if it be kind enough, years ago, Tom Luciano collected fishing rods, fishing equipment, and the, the thing that touched my heart. And I, at that time, was writing for 33 different magazines. And Wes, I got to tell you, I put it into Recyclers magazines, five of them, and I got bombarded with people that found fishing equipment in vehicles that were being turned over to recycling yards. So as they opened up the trunks, they found all this equipment. I, in turn, sent it to Tom. Tom Luciano was so nice, and he won't tell you this, but Tom Luciano is one of the kindest, most generous human beings in the towing industry. And it's been a pleasure to have two episodes with him so far. But I collected, yes, and I collected the the equipment. I sent it to Tom. We met up in Baltimore. He loans the equipment to the young person who doesn't have a mom and dad, and they're out there fishing. And the kid thinks they're borrowing the equipment for the day. And at the end of the day, Tom goes, no, 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 no. You're taking it home with you. So they remember the day forever. So let me turn it over to our dear friend and most gracious and generous kind human being, Tom Luciano. You know, DJ, you really, you really, uh, I'm, I'm humbled by what you said. <laughs> and I'm here thinking, and, and I really, truly, you know, everybody's, no matter how much money you got in life, you want more and more and more, you know. And, and we all know people that are extremely wealthy, but maybe not happy. But I got to tell you, I may never die as a millionaire, multimillionaire, or a billionaire, or anything else. But I got a million dollars with the friends like you and Wes. And and uh, you certainly can't put a money value of, on on friendship. That's for sure. I may not talk every day, but you know we can pick up the pieces. So you know you've done a remarkable job doing that. Most people don't realize that. Uh, I also am president of the New York State Bass Federation or Bass Fishing. And uh, that's just a job that I really don't need, don't want, don't have time for, but because nobody else wants it and somebody's got to steer the bus, I guess I'm the bus driver at that too. And, and one of the things that we started years ago when DJ met me was, you know, there's so many, my wife works at a high school, a grade school, high school, and, um, she would, she would often say about how many kids come in and uh, their families are broken and all of a sudden you see them locally at a ball game or something and you realize, you know, these, these kids are never going to understand fishing. So I live on a lake and all of a sudden you, you see some kids riding their bikes down and they're going to fish, you know, down at the outlet of the lake and, you know, they got, they've got nothing but a fishing rod, but they're trying to fish. So I came up with the idea of all the towers that they tow cars in 
and they got fishing rods, fishing reel, fishing boxes. So we started taking once a year. We rent this park, cook hot dogs and hamburgers. Don't charge them. Put an ad in the paper. Tell if you're a single parent, if you're, you know, there's a lot of kids today that the dads are good guys, but they have no eye-hand coordination. They're computer geniuses, but you know, can't drive a nail, et cetera. So if, if you've got young kids and you want to bring them to a fishing, one day of fishing and have a cookout, et cetera, bring them and we'll pay for it. And then we would give them their first fishing rod, kind of similar to what DJ said. So what we ask people is if you find that in the back of cars, especially fishing boxes, there's no greater pleasure in my life to give a little, you know, a, a four-year-old, six-year-old, a 10-year-old, um, the first fishing box, first fishing pole, show them how to use it. And what I try to do is get a bunch of guys together and go through the rods and reels and put fresh line on them. Some of them are broken. You can't use them, but some of them you take parts and make, take three apart and make one. But you give them their first fishing rod and their first fishing lesson. And, you know, I see kids now that are 25 years old, 30 years old, saying, do you remember me? You gave me my first fishing rod, and I'll always owe you for that. Wow. And, you know, it's just, it's one of those things, uh, even handicapped. Um, Joe Soroga, Wes knows Joe, and DJ knows Joe. Yep. Joe's doing that actually full-time in, in Minnesota right now, but he's doing it on a different level. He's taking handicap and also um, vets. Uh, out all summer long in Minnesota and giving them their first fishing rod from drunk cars. So um, if you get that fishing equipment and you bundle it together and put it in a box, um, I will pay for the freight. But one man's junk, one man's, you know, find that you're not maybe going to use. Think of putting a smile on some young child's face. And I, and I can tell you, um, it doesn't have to be a child, you know, you take a, a handicapped child that's, you know, 16 or 18 years old, give them a fishing rod, and all of a sudden, they try to do motor skills that they weren't used to before, but they're happy, and boy, um, I guess that's my payment right there in, in life to hopefully get a check to make it to the pearly gates, but... Uh, that's what I'd ask you to do if you could, if you have any of that stuff and the towers are listening. And I have had people, uh, a lot of people, if you even get close to Chattanooga, bring it to the plant. We have a delivery building. Bring it in the plant. Tell them it's for Tom Luciano and the guys will keep it for me. And that's happened many times where, you know, I'll, I'll get a truck coming north and ship it back and rebuild it and give it to the kids. We'd really, really appreciate it. How can they contact you, Tommy? Well, I was just going to say, there's two things you can do. You can email me. Uh, my email is pretty easy. It's uh, T Luciano, L-U-C-I-A-N-O, at Miller, M-I-L-L-E-R, I-N-D as in David, dot com. You can text me. Uh, my worldwide phone number goes anywhere in the world. It's 423-619-1458. And at that point, I will be more than glad to give you my home address to ship it to. 
Um, not to tie up the time on this call, but I'd be more than glad to send you my address. You want to send me a bill for the freight? I'll be more than glad to write your check back. But uh, please think about that and think about it doesn't cost you anything. And I've had people in different states, Texas, New Mexico, um, Arkansas, where they'd actually go down to Academy or whatever and buy a cheap Snoopy rod and reel and give it to me brand new. Not asking you for that, but if you want to do that, you know, we accept any of that stuff for not for me. I got plenty of fish and stuff in my lifetime. It's to give it to a young child and put a smile on their face. Yeah, let me add this, Wes. I told Tommy I could not believe how many people did exactly what he just said. They went down and bought fishing rods, boxes, things that you hook onto the fish, and it was unbelievable the generosity of towers in our country that some of them said, well, I didn't have any in, in this month, but I want to be part of this. So they buy stuff and then send it to Luciano. I think it's wonderful. And, Tommy, you are a real gift. Both you and Wes are a real gift in this industry. It's been a great one. All right, Wes, bring us home. Thank you very much for having me on. And anytime that uh, you know I'm home, give me a call back, and we'll be more than glad to go back on again. Can't thank you enough for being here, Tom. Appreciate it, DJ. As always, you've done a great job with things. I want to remind everybody the winter season's wearing on, so make sure you don't wear yourself out. Stay warm, stay safe, get on that non-traffic side controls as much as possible. Um, DJ, pretty good program today. What do you What do you say? Uh, yes, and I, I guarantee you our phone number will be blasting wanting more of Tom Luciano. Yeah, that's right. And to all my friends listening out there, let's get some fishing. Let's all, if we all focus on it, let's get some fishing gear to Tommy. I'm going to try to focus on reminding people and helping as much as I can. I think I might have an old toolbox, an old tackle box around here that belonged to my family that is sitting here in a box somewhere. So I'm going to try to dig for it and get, send that to him myself. It's My a, dad will be happy that somebody's using it. So. Right. It's a good cause. And he, and he refurbishes them and puts them right back out again so they're being reused. Right. And what a great thing to, to help this community. He's a great guy, just like you are, DJ. Well, With that being it. said, everybody stay safe. God bless you. Appreciate everybody listening. Like, share. Uh, we're growing and it's all because you listeners passing us on so we appreciate you thank you